after Surge did last week, I have actually did a message called the bonus and it was like two hours of content. He's like, shorten that up for this week and just kind of bring it because he talked on the pre pressing into the Lord and just where to the upward call Christ. So he's like, the bonus and the reason Matthew 6.33, it's, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's never about the things. Because if you go back and you read all the way back, I'm going to start in verse 26. So Matthew 6, 26 through 34. Um, and I'm going to read you in the passage translation. But that's where it says, Consider the birds. Do they think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food. Yet your heavenly Father provides for them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to the Father than they? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at the beautiful fat flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. And yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty like this one, or like one of these. So if God has clothed the meadows with hay, which is here for such a short time, and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need? You have, you have little faith. So then, forsake your worries. Say, forsake your worries. Forsake your worries. Ooh, I like that. I got called out on a call today about not having a peace in a certain area. I'm like, ow. I was on an hour and a half phone call, and the one lady starts prophesying. And she's like, does that kind of fit? And I'm like, in certain areas. I'm like, so, okay, so yeah. <laughs> so forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know that these things, that these things your body requires? So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and His righteousness. Then all these lesser things will be given to you abundantly. So what, what's important? It's His kingdom and His righteousness. And what's it say? All these other things, these lesser important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. What's he talk? There's other scripture says, forget what's behind you and don't worry about tomorrow, but focus on what? Today. One of my favorite ways to read the Bible was a no chapter, no verse. So if you just go up two more verses before chapter 26, it says you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God or money. And then when you take out the chapter and verse, it's all one paragraph. So literally, what's he saying? If I, if I seek God, money's never the issue. But if I seek God and make, or if I th seek money and make that my God, I'm not going to have all the little things. So what's putting that in one paragraph and reading it as a letter, it says what? If I do this, money is not the issue, is it? Money is a byproduct of if I seek first the kingdom of God, all these things are added. Money's added. I'll have what I need, but it comes from what? Seeking. So the first part is seeking. And then Matthew, I'm just going to read Matthew 6, 33 in the message. And it says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provision. Don't worry about missing out. For you'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. 
And then so the other part, because it's kind of three parts. It's seek, abide, and the bonus. And then Matthew 7, 7, most of us know it was what? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. So it was Matthew 7, 7. But so it's ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. But if you read it in the, in the message, so the message groups at 7 to 11, I love how the message says it. So Matthew 7, 7 through 11 in the message. It says, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you, th- do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think God, who conceived you in love, will be even better? One of the things, as we walk through this, man, we're seeking God, but one of the things we got to understand is too, is God is better than we ever could think He is. Last night, Bill Johnson made a statement. He's like, your faith will only let you experience to the revelation you have of God's goodness. I'm not going to believe for something if I don't think my Father's going to provide it for me in heaven. So as we're seeking Him, we got to understand that He is a good Father and He wants us to be with Him. He wants to bless us. Like this said, man, I would never give my kids sawdust instead of food. But we think God's schizophrenic. This is a conversation we have. Like, man, we hear some crazy stuff. We think God's schizophrenic. Man, I love you. I'm going to bless you. But then I'm going to kill you in a minute. I'm going to kill you. If you, if you step slightly out of, a lo- out of line, I'm going to beat you down and kill you. We think that's God. So am I going to seek a God that I think if I... If I if my kids, and granted, I can say, say this, my kids, I used to be really bad. If they stepped out one, like I was black and white, and they stepped over that line, I was there to greet them with some sort of punishment. And if you notice, my wife's not looking at me, because she, she would attest to that. <laughs> and the kids are in the back. So the reality is, and now there's moments I'll catch myself going there, but man, God doesn't do that. When I mess up, Josiah's like, I've, I've seen that side of him. You haven't seen it like I used to be, trust me. <laughs> but God doesn't do that to me. When I mess up, you know what? He calls to me in a gentle voice and says, hey, let's figure this out. But if, if I'm, there's a point you can ask my oldest too. There's a point they were vastly afraid of me because of what, how I would react if they messed up. And we think that's how God is with us. How many of us are going to really seek God in His kingdom if I think that's how God's going to be? Now, you can ask my kids, am I fair and just? And sometimes there is consequences. But guess what? It's not coming out of the blue. It's not a mystery. It's like, this is simply what it is. And we walk in it. I talk with them. They're out of an age. Guess what? I can talk with them and explain to them why things are happening. And they'll get it. They might not agree. They might think, but most of the time I'll ask them to go to figure out their own punishment. They come back harder than I was planning on doing it now. <laughs> Used to be, they'd be like, we'll take a week. And I'm like, three years. 
But it's literally, are you going to seek a God that you think is schizophrenic? And if you step this much out of line, he's going to beat you down. How many of us are seeking that God? Nobody? I'm glad. But the reality, I had a conversation last week with somebody that had been in an abusive relationship. And it took a while for them to get out of that mindset of abuse is love. But we think God will destroy us, abuse us, and do all these things, and we call that love. It's the goodness of God that brings man to repentance. So, so steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provision. And we don't got to bargain with God. He's faithful to His Word. If we can find a promise for it, you know He's faithful to His Word. So we don't have to bargain with God. If we're starting to bargain with God, you know what it is. We're probably trying to get something that He hasn't promised us that we really want more than we want Him. So next, the abiding presence. John 15, 7 through 8. So I'm going to start in the New King James. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But by this, my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. What do we do? We seek Him, and He says, yeah, come, come sit with me. We were joking with Serge, calling him Grandpa the other day in a message. But what, what's, man, you used to go to go hear your grandpa, grandparents' stories. He is actually legitimately with Grandpa. Not old enough to be a Grandpa. But... What, what, you watch him with his grandson. It's cool. What is it? It's curling up. That, like God wants us to come and abide with him. He wants us to come rest with him. He wants us to come and say, Hey, Grandpa, tell me about what's happened. Grandpa, we go to God and say, Tell me about how you created the world. You know what he's going to tell us? He's going to give us illustrations. He's going to give us everything he wants. He wants us to abide in Him. And then what? His Word abides in you. And I love how the Passion Translation says it in verse 7. So John 15, 7, the Passion Translation. But if you live in God's union with me, and my Word lives powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. Guess what? My kids could go to my parents, my, so their grandparents, and could pretty much ask anything. And what are they getting? Who here has grandparents that pretty much give everything to the grandkids? Here's something, yeah. <laughs> but what is that? God wants us to come and ask. He wants us to seek. He wants us to knock. In John uh, 15, 7, 8, in the voice translation, If you abide in me, and my voice abides in you, Anything that you ask will come to pass for you. Your abundant growth and your faithfulness as my followers will bring glory to the Father. Why is that one important? Man, we, we, like, we, you hear it said, man, my, my whole purpose is to give glory to God. You know what? When you simply come in His presence, it brings glory. My kids, when they get celebrated, Grant, he, he gets tons of medals through Taekwondo. I have glory when he's getting celebrated. It's cool as God's up there saying, man, Josiah, you did it. Just to throw it like this week, Serge was down. 
Josiah organized the youth, the, the rest of the worship, to get together. They could have played tonight. We just chose to go a different route. But Josiah stepped up and said, hey, we're getting together. Started asking. And he actually had to do some sweeping because it wasn't planned. I'm like, you're scheduling it. you got some things to do. <laughs> but the reality is, what? He stepped up. And as he lives in our house, guess what? When you guys step up in areas, we don't, it makes us happy. So when we do what God says, what's it do? It brings him glory. I don't have to sit there and say, all glory to God. When my kids do good, I am extremely pleased. When we seek the Father and we do what he says, and we abide in his presence and go, go to Walmart and you pray for somebody. You go to your job and you just lead them to it. Like surgeons in the hospital, people are coming to him. You know, it's a crappy situation. And people are coming to him to get words in the hospital. But guess what? Wherever you go, if you're abiding with the presence, people will notice. And everywhere you go, I don't got to say, glory to God. All glory to God. God's getting the glory when we just do what he asks. And there's a place to talk about and point it to God. I'm not saying... But if you get what I'm saying, if I do my life living out righteously, seeking the kingdom, my life gives glory to God. Yeah. It becomes a living epistle read upon men. Yeah. And then the part, the bonus. So it's back to Matthew 6, 33. And we read that, but it's, but seek first the kingdom of God is righteous and all these things for, will be added. And the passion of all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. And the message says it's this way. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. How many of us consume a lot of time thinking about our everyday concerns? Thinking about this or that or running. And what's he say? If you keep focused, if you seek first, you seek me. You abide in my presence. You'll have everything you need. But if you keep the seeking and abiding above the things, they'll never overtake you. And that's how... Money can be in the same paragraph as the seeking, because if you seek him, you could have millions of dollars and it just doesn't change who you are. But I've, I've ran with people that all of a sudden get a lot of money. What happens? It changes them. Now, we might drive a different car, probably still going to be wearing hoodies and, you know, hey dudes. But there's things that's not going to change you. Does it change your very character when you get money? Or does it change your character... If all of a sudden somebody gave you a new purse and then you walk around, you're going to be strutting? Like, does it change who you are? Are you able to walk out what he's given you? So as we look at that, he takes care of our everyday needs. So we can seek him. We can abide with him and know that the rest is taken care of. So then Deuteronomy 28.2 in the New King, King James Version. While you're going there, can I share a thought on that verse? Well, it's just interesting in the context, you know, we got fast food today, and I don't know how many of you guys are hunters or prepare your, prepare your food or whatever, but I'm not. And um, so if I can't buy it and, and only have to partially cook it, I'm not eating. <laughs> so just real quick, they, you know, I don't know, but what, 75, 90% of literally all of their waking time was shelter and food, etc. Yep. Like their life was on the line. Yeah, they could die true. if they didn't take. So it is like a thousand times more relative than it is for us today. Yeah, that's all. And and he's saying 
you don't got to worry about that. Yeah. No, that's all. That's yeah. And you think about the things he said don't worry about. If you think about when Israel's in the de desert, what happened? Yeah. Water out of a rock? Yeah. Like for real. Quail, manna, like... He, he's already, he's telling us, I've already showed you this in the past to your people in the desert. I'm just as faithful then as I am now. And he's saying today, I've been faithful since creation. Yeah. And so you can trust that I'm going to take care of you today as much as I did to them when Jesus walked earth, to them when they were with Moses, to them when they were in the garden. Yeah. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Jason read John 15, 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, the Father is glorified. By Him providing for you, He's glorified. And then verse 9, it says this. Jesus is speaking, saying, As the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in that place. Abide knowing, one of, the, one of the notes I said was, we have to come to this place where we know and we're secure in who He is. Yeah. We, we're, we, we're, we have to understand, we have to realize how good of a Father He really is. That He really wants to take care of us. We don't have to seek after those things. Because we'll seek after them. We'll get all the wealth, we'll get all the cars, we'll get all our goals met for the year, and we're still empty. Yeah. And we're still unsatisfied. But in seeking Him, you can gain all those things. It never changes who you are. And the Father's glorified in it because He's taking care of His Son. That's the love He wants to, us to abide in. Abide in knowing that I'm a good Father. Just abide in me. Bill Johnson made a statement last night. When you become close to the one who is faithful, you become full of faith. It's not how many times you confess to Scripture. It's not even how much of the Bible you know. But when you get close to the faithful one, you become full of faith. There's things I know she's saying without saying words because we're together. We're one. Where I'll, I'll be able to know it without her saying something. And then, actually, as I'm saying this, I tend to like, tell me really what you want. I'm not trying to like, but it's one of those things. Because we're together, I know what she wants. So if you want to have faith, you need to get close and abide with the faithful one. And you'll see your faith grow more than you will if you confess the same scripture a hundred times for your healing. But if you get to the one that's faithful to heal, you'll have faith for your healing or whatever it is. The funny thing is, I'm going to skip Deuteronomy, but Ephesians 3.20 and 21 through the Passion Translation, I love this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all things. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceeding your wildest imagination. Just what he said. He'll do more than, like, if we're just, man, if you're, my kids are just with me, if they go shopping with us, guess what? They're going to get something in the cart that is not on the shopping list every single time, especially if she takes them. Probably get like three or four things. I'm like, no. She's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, we budgeted this much and you, well, Lily got this. Lily like, but it's one of those things. If you're abiding with them, 
Like, oh, you want one? Let's throw two in. That'll last the whole week. But that's literally, we as parents do it, grandparents, and God's that way. He wants to bless us with infinitely more than we could ever ask. So this started last week when we were talking about just the change of season. The one year to the next, everybody starts making goals. And that most of my life as a Christian was spent seeking after goals. And, and attaining them, but never satisfied. In putting together the message last week, the route that the Bible talks about is never seek things, we seek Him. So I know everybody in here knows this, but this is not about things. Yeah. And it's not about getting things and getting cars and getting houses. It's not about that. It's about how good He is, and He just wants to be a father to you. And that we just seek Him, and in knowing who, who, who He is and being secure in who he is, you know that you're taken care of and you're satisfied. I spoke a little bit about how I could get a million dollars tomorrow. It will not change me at all. I'll put it this way. I don't care if I get a million dollars. Where I'm at in life right now, I could be for the rest of my life. I really can. It doesn't matter to me. I'm completely 100% satisfied in him. Yes, I have goals. Yes, I have desires. Yes, I want him to accomplish these things and fulfill my desires. But if this is, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm completely 100% satisfied. I could be at my job for the rest of my life. I could be in this house for the rest of my life. I don't find satisfaction in those things because I ran after them and it never brought satisfaction. I'm sure a lot of you know that and have experienced that. That's more what we're, this is about. That in seeking Him, all those things are bonuses. Yep. Actually, when you're seeking Him, you're lining up with your original design and con intent. And so what happens? Things start to flow that were designed for you. And that's Deuteronomy, <clears throat> Deuteronomy 28. And these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You're running after what the Lord says and what happens? The blessings come. And you're not even worried about it because then we can know that and we can know that we seek Him and that we're abiding Him and we can truly say what Paul says in Philippians 4.11. Not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned, I've learned how to be what? Content. The Amplified Classic says, we're satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disqualified in whatever state I am. I was actually talking to Bryce on this, and I'm like, man, content. Like, and we were talking through this, and he's like, I, that word just doesn't sit right. Because it's like content. I don't have to do anything anymore. Like, I don't have to pursue God. But he said, like, he, I was like, so what's a better word? He goes, steadfast. I'm like, wow. I'm steadfast. In the upward call. I'm steadfast in seeking the kingdom. So if I have a million dollars, it doesn't change what I'm steadfast in. If I have nothing, I'm still steadfast in seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I'm steadfast. And guess what? Steadfast, depending on which translation, is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So I'm like, wow, you just tied it in that we walk in the fruits of the Spirit and being steadfast, our long-suffering, is something that very said. But content, we think, I'm content, so I'm never going to do anything. 
No, I'm still going to run towards, like the scripture he let last week, the upward call of God in my life. I'm steadfast in pursuing the Father, no matter, no matter what I have in my life. And so I'm actually going to bring it back to Ephesians 3.20. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than you, your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up glory, our offer up to God, the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Christ Jesus, and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. And now we lift up glorious praises. So it's Psalms 37, 3 through 7. And there's three things if you read it. It brings out trust, delight, commit, and rest. But if you read it, I'm reading New King James. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So trust, delight, commit, and rest. They're all things that we covered tonight. Just different words, seeking, abiding, and the bonus. What's it say? If I, if, I, if I trust Him, if I delight in Him, commit to Him, He brings me rest. That's a bonus. There's a lot of people that don't have rest. They don't have peace. So this scripture sums all everything up we've talked about. and brings in faithfulness, righteousness, peace. All these things are our, they're the bread He lays before. They're the bread of the children. And we're to partake in it in everywhere we do because He is a good, good Father. Mm-hmm.